Hello, I'm Becky Hadid, host of The Storied Recipe. As my weekly guests share their stories through the vessel of cherished food memories, we all become better cooks, more grateful for the gift of food, and we honor those that have loved us through their cooking. Welcome to this summer retrospective series. One of my favorite things about this podcast is that it is truly a community of guests and listeners, and you often connect with each other apart from me. When my guests share so deeply and vulnerably with us, the listeners, I feel like it's important to try to stay in touch and continue the conversation as much as possible. So in this spirit, I reached out to a few guests for follow-up interviews, and I'll be airing them for five weeks this summer. These interviews are each 30 minutes or less and totally unedited, so you're getting the raw thoughts of both myself and my guests. Hello, and I hope you are hanging in there in these dog days of summer. I know I'm enjoying these retrospective interviews so much, and I hope you are too. Today, I have brought back another guest that you, the listeners, requested, Juan Luis Salazar. Juan is one of the most amazing, inspiring people I've ever met, period, full stop. His full interview, which I released almost exactly a year ago today, was titled, I Wanted Something Different, and it's what I consider a must listen. We shared the story of a very young, very determined Juan choosing a life of hard work and risk to better not only himself, but his entire community. Juan and the brave farmers who chose to join him did something no one in Guatemala has done before or since. They started a Guatemalan-owned coffee cooperative where they had control over their own wages. When we talked last year, Juan, now living in D.C., had opened a coffee shop just weeks beforehand, right in the middle of the pandemic. The goal was to source the coffee from his family's farm first and later from all of the farms in the cooperative. If Juan could take this step, he would be completely removing the middleman from the farm to the consumer and could guarantee farmers, including his own father, the very best and fairest wages they had ever received, changing the lives of their entire families. Today, we talk about Juan's progress towards that goal, the ways he was threatened by a landlord attempting to illegally break his lease, and the community that has supported Juan and La Coupe Coffee. Just like the original, this is another must-listen episode. So welcome to Juan, and welcome to you. Hello. Hello. Hey, Juan, how are you? Good, thanks. Good. Oh, you're there at the, (laughs) are you at the coffee shop? Yes, I am. (laughs) uh, So I'm going to just do, uh, just do audio, not video, because I don't have a, um, I, I mean, you're welcome to keep the, <laughs> the video on, but I don't have, I actually don't have a camera on this computer. Um, okay, let me, let me see. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I think I, audio is fine for me too. I think I. <laughs> it just, it just went off. All now, all I see now is your name. So is it oh, a busy, okay. busy day there at the coffee shop? It, it is. It is actually. Uh, so Yes. It is. It's it's very interesting when we see the data of uh, through the months. Uh, you, we know what days are busier and what days are not. Oh, so you track that down to the day of the I, week? Yeah, I track everything by 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 everything, like day of the week, 
uh, hours of like the rush hours that was the yeah. items that sell the most, the less. Um, uh, who is our best customer? Who's not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the wall of shame <laughs> right exactly <laughs> that's amazing you track down the customer can you do that with credit card information is that how or yes. do you have like a rewards program we do, we do have a rewards program but we also uh have the, you know our our um um uh you know our card reader yeah uh, it's, uh-huh. uh, it's very, it gives us all the information we need to kind of like tweak you know here and there every day you know what we should sell the most or what we should offer yeah. the most what we should push well what should we you getting more uh to sell what we make uh, more profit and less so what yeah. all that stuff is it's uh it's very interesting to you know to have all that data yeah yeah you know yeah. my my younger brother who mm-hmm. listens to the podcast so he's probably okay. smiling right now my younger brother told me something the other day he does um sales and he said okay. what you measure you can change and right. i've exactly. yes uh, yeah i've mm-hmm. kind of taken that on as a mantra because um it can be very easy to be scared of the data um especially yes. if it doesn't show you what you think it's going to show you or if there's something like really kind of um maybe like a little precious to your to your heart like that you really right. want to do well and the data just doesn't show it's doing well that can be scary <laughs> but i love exactly. that you know what you measure you can change and you're really taking That's, advantage of that fact huh right right that's a very good way to to see it because you know, I, I didn't study in college here, mm. so I didn't know, I mean, I didn't know anything of this mm. until you start doing it. And then, mm. you know, I feel like there should be a college degree in this type of things because it's so mm. much information that uh, people have to learn or relearn and yeah. when they open a business. And actually, even people who are like, I have two, two of my employees are business majors. Oh. And and I still have to tell them what to do in terms of you know the data, yeah, um, because they don't see anything like that in practice. Basically, they they know more like a wide in in a general sense, but uh, in specific sense of the business, yeah, it's yeah, different. as it relates to La Coupe Coffee, they don't know right, exactly, exactly how to how to apply um, yes. the knowledge that they're learning yet. Well, that's interesting, and I'll tell you, yeah. I mean. So for people who are listening right now, this is if there's like any um, actually one, I'll tell you that as soon as someone subscribes to my newsletter, I send Mm -hmm. them, I don't know where it is in the chain, but I think it's the second or third email, um, like must listen to episodes. And your oh. yours is right on the top there. Like yours is a must listen to episode that I send to <laughs> everyone who sub, uh, subscribes to my newsletter. So if people haven't listened, they should go listen and they'll find that you have um, a completely innate natural ability for business that has changed the lives of a lot of people. So, um, so wow. we're, <laughs> we're going to hear. Yeah. Good well, hear I'm, I'm glad, you know, uh, well, go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm glad it goes uh, there and, and people can listen to it and listen to your podcast as well. I've listened <laughs> to a couple of your podcasts um, and uh, they're very interesting. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I get to share some really amazing stories, that's for sure, which I'm which I'm honored to do. So speaking of your business sense, though, Juan, I think the last time that we spoke, I was so enthralled with your, um, just just your your 
your courage and everything that you did from just being a young child up until this point of your life that I overlooked one really like <laughs> kind of critical, courageous act, which is that you opened this coffee shop, like literally in the middle of a pandemic. And we didn't, we didn't, we didn't even talk about that. And um, again, as a kind of innate businessman, what gave you the idea that La Coupe Coffee could be successful at that time when the rest of the industry was like really being forced to make some really, really difficult decisions? What made you think, I, th I think we can do this now. Let's do this now. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I wish I could say like, oh, I thought about it. You know? uh, <laughs> one thing to, to open during a pandemic, but it was just a decision that we had to make um, mm. because we didn't know that it was going to be a pandemic, right? So we started okay. the process of opening uh, our first location uh, since 2019. We started the process of, you know, getting a loan, getting uh, a grant okay. from the DC um, government and looking for the place. So we started the process way before. And... Um, we started working in 2020, uh, sorry, the end of uh, 2019 in the um, uh, remodeling and, mm -hmm. you know, all the finishes and okay. all the, the yeah. work that we have to do uh, in the space. And in March 2020, we were ready to open. And then uh, I remember it was a March... Um, 21st, I think, when uh, DC decided, I mean, the DC government uh, announced the lockdown. Yeah. Okay. And we were ready. We have all the equipment. We have, yeah. we were like, um, we passed the health inspection, which yeah. is, you know, give us the, the you know, the uh, certificate of occupancy. Right. Okay. So there we was no like, turning okay. back. Right. So we were... Yeah okay, what can we do? It's just, um, we have to wait until people are able to go out again. Uh, and we thought like, okay, it's going to be a month, right? Yeah. So March passed, April passed, June, uh, May, June. Yeah. And we were like, okay, what do we do? Do we open and people can't go? Do we do delivery? And we started thinking about what to do, but coffee you can't deliver coffee because it's yeah. going to be cold by the time yeah. it gets to the house <laughs> yeah and so we were like okay let's wait until at least we have uh 25 capacity or or the yeah. lockdown is lift up um so june 21st was the lift um of the lockdown yeah so pe people could, could go out and enter um, places with masks, with uh, you know, yeah. and they require us to have gel and and distance signs and right. mask mandates uh, signs and all that stuff. So we decided to open. We didn't know what to expect, um, but we started like a week before announcing that we were we were going to open, and we started getting like a lot of responses. Like, can wait, looking forward to it, and we were like. Okay, I guess these people who have been in <laughs> lockdown for like four months now they want to get out yeah. and they want a place. And and the other thing that uh, helped us is that we are in a uh, as you could see 
Yeah. We are in a neighborhood. So yeah. we're not like a place where a lot of uh, other options mm-hmm. and not many options here. Um, uh, you know, we have uh, one mile, one and a half miles uh, north. We have one coffee shop and like two miles down uh, south, we have another coffee shop. And so for people who are in this radius, they were like, great i mean right. i've been in lockdown for four months um <laughs> I, I can go get coffee there and come back to my house again right and people you know we, they were working home, from home which is, was also a plus yeah so the first day we opened we had like a very very successful day of uh, opening and then we we looked at like wow we thought like 10 people were co- honestly we thought if 10 people come mm, that's to, a that's a win because we are hidden we are small we are new mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you know our priority was a roasted coffee and do farmers markets mm. that was our plan and mm-hmm. then people started coming and now we have an average of 150 people a day something like that that's incredible the, the weekends doubles or triples but uh yeah incredible that's incredible. the whole story of why we opened during yeah <laughs> It was just a, a um, yeah, sometimes you got to do what you got to do, which is another exactly. thing that, you know, has characterized your life. And um, do you still do farmer's markets or have you pulled out of that completely? We do one farmer's market, which okay. uh, is the one, the first one that we started, the first one where we ah. sold our first cup of coffee or first pound of coffee. Mm. So we have that um, not only to because it's successful for us, but also because it's in our hearts, you know, it's, mm. it's uh, yeah. uh, really means a lot to us because that's where we started. That's mm. the first time we talked to people about our business and, and they were, you know, following along with it, you know, yeah. it, it, it was, yeah. And that's why we still do it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a part, it's a part of your story. It's a part of your community. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So we don't want to to live there and they also want us there like you right. know every time we go and, yeah so it's it's um right great. you're you're a draw you pull people into the market so um <laughs> so speaking of community can you talk mm-hmm. about um you had a really threatening situation right about mm-hmm. thanksgiving so tell us what happened there and how the community came around you and how is that resolved i just i know that i saw it on Instagram, I, w- I was share I shared it, and then I I yeah. didn't hear much else about it. Um, so I'm curious. Tell us tell us the whole story. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, I could write like a a full, <laughs> a, a full season of uh, twelve episodes on Netflix about about <laughs> that story. Wow. Um, but I'm gonna just um tell you a quick story. What yeah. happened mm. is that the landlord um uh came one day um maybe a month after we opened mm-hmm. uh to tell us like oh this place looks great mm-hmm. um i never thought you guys went we're going to do something like this this looks great this you mm-hmm. i can see all people coming it's great and then the next thing he tells me is like actually i just sold the place so you guys have to get out of here wow. um and and when when was that when that was uh, July, uh, July, uh, August. August. In August, um, he told you he sold the place. Right. He sold the place. Um, 
that we had to move to another location that they were trying to um, get us, you know, um, ready. Okay. But um, so they gave us the addresses and we looked and uh, that wasn't a feasible for us. It was too mm-hmm. small. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then we, we told them like, we can't leave because we just open and also we have a lease agreement. Yes. And, and not to mention, mm-hmm. like he like he said in July, the spaces you built were beautiful. I know you said your wife did that, so I visited the shop. They were stunning. Yeah. And you you did that all with your own like you invested a lot in that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. for someone to, to come and tell us like you have to um leave because you know, I just decided to sell it. I mean, well, I he was selling something that you had developed, like because right. he didn't contribute to the cost of you um, improving the space, correct? No, not at all. And yeah. so there's a lot, another big story behind it, mm. which uh, implies, you know, him not doing his part, which we had to do it and cover it and pay, uh, pay more for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, we were already like, already unhappy with them when mm-hmm. he comes and tells I plays are great you know one of the conversations before he tells us like don't don't do too much to that place I mean I don't think uh, many people are gonna go there so don't do too much hmm. but my wife and I were like if we're gonna do something we have to do it mm-hmm. right and good for people to come and and unique mm-hmm. um and when he saw it like he liked it but yeah, he advises not to do anything right and um, he was claiming that um, he didn't sign the lease, uh, oh. which which we show the documents to his lawyer and our lawyer. And they both agreed that the lease is legit. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, uh, the office, his office signed it, which mm-hmm. is that's how, how it works when land- oh, landlords okay. can go around and sign all the papers. So it wasn't uh, his physical signature, but someone who's legally authorized to stand in for him signed it, is what you're saying. Exactly. I exactly. See. And, in, in, you know, even the, the legal uh, representative for him came to us and said, yes, I signed it and it's legal. I've signed hundreds of contracts like that. Mm. And so why isn't, why this is not, um, you know, correct for him? Why this is not uh, something that um, he, he can recognize? Mm-hmm. Because, of course, he, he, he just didn't want to. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so that was the, the whole situation that, that um, you know, led to uh, him come on uh, the election night. Mm-hmm. to try to evict us without mm-hmm. any notice, without anything. So he he, he came. Oh, it was election no, no, night. A election night. Oh, so okay. he sent a crew of maybe like 10 people mm-hmm. to put a, um, uh, like a big fence around the, the property, mm-hmm. but no around like, the whole thing, but just the house. You, if you can, mm-hmm. when you come to the shop, you see mm-hmm. first there's a fence, right? Mm-hmm. So he's mm-hmm. inside the fence, mm. but it, inside where it was already fenced in. Mm-hmm. So, and he had told told us before that uh, his idea was to not let us get in the shop, so people 
who come next day to get coffee will say like, what is going on here? Oh, he, before he sent the team out, he had told you, I'm going to do this so that you cannot get in and sell coffee. Exactly. So you so were there we, prepared for this team to come. Basically, yes. Ah. I, I saw cameras, so we were ready to, when they came, like, you know, uh, I, I didn't know when they were going to come, but I thought that they were going to do it because he said to us, like, in one of his emails, which, you know, email, he sent an email saying, we're going to do things to your business um, that you uh, wouldn't like us to do. Something like that. Like well, a threatening Wow. But I mean, um, how lucky for you that he chose to put that in writing. Yes, exactly. And um, that was kind of nervy of him. Not yeah, actually that but, smart. Yeah. I mean, wow. He does that and he, he he's used to that in DC and uh, he has some kind of shield here mm. that nobody does anything. But anyway, that's like I said, that's yeah. another episode. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> we'll leave that alone. When I, yeah. So, he chose election night because he thought mm, everybody is, you know, watching the election mm-hmm. and I'm going to send this crew of people to, to fence in. And you know what? The crew of people, all of them from Guatemala. <gasps> who, <when> <laughs> I, <laughs> yes. And they, they didn't know what they were doing. I mean, they, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. They were, they were they just were hired fenced. to do a job. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I saw them, I recognized one of them. Oh, and I, yeah. And I told him like, you gotta leave. This is illegal. I'm going to call the police and you don't want to be here. Uh, I'm just going to call the police just to intervene with this. But, wow. um, you know, you have to leave and they all ran away. Um, uh, and the police came, um, we, uh inform the situation they assess the situation they said we want to talk to the landlord so one of the managers of that crew stayed and called the landlord mm-hmm. he came screaming mm-hmm. which in our instagram uh video you can see that he he is still screaming at people but he came like yeah what is going on here something like that yeah but 30 people were already in our side, like saying, like, what are you doing? This is a uh, illegal. This is election night. Uh, this is um, a pandemic. Um, wow. You shouldn't be doing or should, shouldn't be uh, victim people. So one of the first persons who, to come to defend us was the new uh, council member from this okay. award. So wow. she was the first one here and saying, like, you know, uh, if if there's no court order, there's nothing to do here. What is he doing that? Hmm. So, yeah, that's what happened. Wow. Community supporters that day. Um, and uh, he was the only one, the only person not wearing masks that night, which can tell you a lot of uh, mm. someone, someone's behavior, mm. entitlement. Of, yeah, like just flaunting the rules that the rest of society was following right. in D.C. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and, um, um so did the people come because you had posted that video on Instagram? Is that how you reached out to them? Yes. So wow. I, I started posting. I, I didn't know what to do, but I, we were like, we texted like two, three people. Yeah. And they came and I just, I decided like, I'm going to 
post something on Instagram about yeah. what's going on just yeah. to inform the situation. And people started texting me uh, in, in the uh, video, but I couldn't read because I was talking and I, you know, yeah. so many messages that were going fast, you know? Okay. Um, and I saw one or two and I, with questions like what's going on. Yeah. So I told them, this is the situation. And um, I never said like, oh, come please support us. I yeah. just said like, this is a situation. We are being evicted by a landlord with a, um, we have a lease. We have a yeah. legal um, uh, permit to be wow. here until uh, in definite time. And uh, he's just um, not respecting the lease. So Amazing. people came. And uh, when we saw, like I was uh, in one side, when I saw on my back, it was like, like 15 people already behind me wow wow what a powerful moment for you yes it was (sighs) it was um very nice to see you know the community supporting us and um yeah since then wow yeah has it gone through the courts has it been like like decided in an official way no so we hire a lawyer Uh our lawyers is reaching out to them Mm-hmm. Uh, he went through two lawyers mm-hmm. uh, the lawyers get back to us saying like, I'm not his lawyer anymore. He owes me money. <laughs> he keeps uh, losing lawyers. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, so the latest that we know is like, we, uh, we haven't heard from another lawyer. So he's still unhappy, but um, we are going to continue here um, because we, um we have our legal right to be here so and um when you have a legal right because you had a lease now did a third like if he truly sold the place then i'm assuming at some point a third party would get involved the person who bought the place would be like hey i bought this place did that not happen did a third party ever came and say like hey i own this place now what happened with that so after all this situation we started investigating what who, who bought the place? Yeah. What happened? And so what we found out is like, he didn't sell the place. Oh. So what he did is like, he uh, got somebody involved to buy the place uh-huh. as an agreement. Like they have an agreement to buy the place, but they haven't done any transaction yet. No. Yeah. No, so, no contract. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. So, so the uh, future or the, the potential buyer is still not the owner. Um, so we don't exactly know what, who the owner is, mm-hmm. but um, the potential buyer has also talked to us about, you know, when are we leaving? Mm. Because they, they need to start working here. Mm. But also we, um, we found out that they don't have permits Mm. And uh, they still don't have a hearing to uh, for the you know with the community yeah. to to let them know what they're gonna do here. So a lot of things that we still don't know, but mm. um, the things we know, um, some of them we reserve you know comment. Um, sure, them because, sure, uh, sure. Our lawyer has advice not to, but yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you have a lease, and you're and you're keeping up with the ter- your terms of the lease, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, one of the things that we see uh, with 
with uh, his behavior and how he is is that you know it, it looks like he has done this many times mm -hmm. and um but he had never had someone to yes. stand up and say like we yeah. have a right to be here and fight for the rights yeah um because the next week so the week after um uh, this happened people saw it all over uh, articles and the mm -hmm. new and local news telemundo covered it um dc7 news covered wow. it and um uh, Pelwar news um and other local uh, papers mm -hmm. and people started coming and telling us how oh, you know what that happened to me with the same person okay. like hey like hmm. 10 yeah. people Wow. came here and said like oh i know this guy he did the same to me wow um so he has a record of doing that i don't know but yeah. anyway we we hear from people yeah saying the same thing so yeah that's yeah that's how yeah. we are right now and and um we we are still here we grew <laughs> yeah um since then uh, more following more presence in the Uh, in the industry and uh, yeah, um, yeah, still here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I do wish you, <laughs> I think I wish most of all like a rapid resolu resolution because this is a hard thing to have hanging over your head all the time. Yeah, definitely. It's something like, it, it's always, it's not like, you know, I come to work and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do yeah. from... Now I'm going to invest in this because for the future, I can't. Like yeah. There are a lot of things that I would like to do to improve yeah. the service, to improve the quality, but I can't because yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's an uncertainty. Yeah, yeah, that's really hard. Meanwhile, the community is always, every day they ask us, like, what's going on? Are you going to stay? Are you going to stay? And we say, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I definitely hope hope and pray a very rapid resolution for you, um, yeah. for your sake and for the communities as well. Because like you said, you guys are becoming, you know, enmeshed together, um, which is a huge, of course, part of your appeal in addition to, to you know, your delicious coffee. So, um, so <laughs> I am happy, though, that in the meantime, you've continued to grow. I noticed the other day you had done a, um, a customer training, uh, not customer, employee training that you're bringing mm -hmm. more employees on. So when people, like I said, I sent out an email to my newsletter list and said, who would you like mm -hmm. to hear from in this series? And several people wrote back and said they wanted to hear from you. And um, they specifically wanted to hear how the farmers that you support in Guatemala and how your mm -hmm. family is doing. So how has your growth in DC, um, the growth of the shop affected your family and the co-op that you started in Gua Guatemala and the farmers there? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it's been uh, like long um journey mm. um that you know i can tell you first starting with uh the first question about the um, employees yeah definitely we have um um extended or grow yeah uh, you know the the, the amount of employees exactly yeah. wonderful and uh, and always looking for more yeah so, okay <laughs> if somebody yeah, needs a so, summer job 
<laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. There's always, always, um, there's always an opening. Yeah. Um, because we want to to continue, um, you know, growing. So yeah. for that, you need more people. Yeah. And um, in the community, so we started bringing coffee from three farmers, which was my dad and two other farmers members of the cooperative. Which mm-hmm. that was the most I could bring. Um, to because i didn't have that many customers right right um but uh last month we were finally able to bring um coffee from 27 farmers that's incredible um yeah which is like yeah and and my my family is doing uh you know great because Mm. they you know uh, at first it was a it was a dream that i had and they still mm-hmm. didn't know if it was going to happen or no you know yeah it, it was uncertainty for them as well yeah uh, but now when i go there and say okay i want coffee from 27 farmers i want this amount yeah which is like uh it, it's a little bit like 200 percent more than we we brought the first time amazing um and when they saw it and, and then they get paid, um, you know, they got paid literally a week after we, we made the deal. Wow. They were, you know, all the farmers were happy. All the mm-hmm. farmers were like, um, you know, my dad, including, um, they went to celebrate yeah. and they were, you know, thank you, my dad for yeah. kind of like uh, letting them, you know, mm-hmm. basically um yeah for, for including uh, yeah. them including them in your exactly. success yeah 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 so that was uh for me when my dad told mm. me like oh yeah we went to celebrate and everybody was you know thinking uh thanking because um you know this happened and like hopefully yeah. next year can be more or yeah. or something that can be you know passed through the through the years yeah. So that was uh, great. And we were able to pay um, more than the average uh, price market. And yeah. um, which is also something that we wanted to do, help the community, um, make it uh, a sustainable business for them. And not only, you know, something that they have to do. Um, so that, that has, been, has been the impact that, that we have had as a company in the community in Guatemala, which yeah. it's part of, you know, how, you know, grateful we are with the community here yeah. um, that, you know, they are contributing to, to that community in Guatemala. So it's right. community to community. Yeah. And um, mm. it's something that really, mm. really, really, uh, you know, every day just makes me um, come to work and work harder and look for, mm. you know, ways to, to grow. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. And I just, um, again, I want to remind people that when you sp- started the cooperative, um, you can remind me of the numbers, but the farmers who were selling through the cooperative rather than mm. through a middleman were making significantly more. And then when they sell directly to you, <laughs> they get even significantly more again. So when farmers are able to sell to you directly, um, they make, is it, I, I don't remember. It's like, it's, I, I don't want to exaggerate, but it's like double 
what they were originally getting paid way back when, when they were using a middleman. Is that the case? So yes, uh, yeah. in, in case in some cases, so yeah. um, the coffee market as a commodity, it, it's a very fluctuant. Oh uh, yeah, volatile. You so you can't quite say how much more. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, uh, one year can be forty percent. The other year can be hundred percent yeah. uh, more. But the uh, next year can be only ten percent more. Yeah. But that ensures them that um, when the coffee goes down in price, like so much, they're always going to have a minimum right. and the minimum will, will be a lot for them. Like uh, the minimum will be like the, the fair price. Right. Um, right, right, right. Yeah. So they so have the stability state, and security. They they exactly. don't ever feel like the bottom's going to drop out from underneath them if the market just cha- changes real quickly. Yes. Yeah. And they can, you know, they can budget for things when they yeah. know how much they're going to get. Right. Uh, right. But if they get, if somehow the, the coffee industry, let's say there is a uh, scarcity of coffee and the coffee prices go up, we have an agreement that we are going to go more. Right. Um, if if the price goes more than that, um, but uh, yes. Yeah, so the middleman in Guatemala still uh, is the one who makes the most um, because they don't have to work that much. They only work for like a couple of months. Right. Unlike the farmers, they work all year to get a little bit. Um, but the middleman who has cash. Um, you know, they pay in cash to farmers, but they pay um, low prices because they have to make their on their own profit. Right. Um, but that's how it work how it works there. And um, the way we were able to help them is to um, gather all the coffee and sell it in, um, in big amounts to the exporter directly. Right. Um, and and now. Uh, instead of selling to the exporter, they are selling it to me. Right. right. So we are basically um, controlling the, the full supply yeah. chain. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, I think it just makes it, it just makes me so happy. It just makes me so happy to hear it. And again, for people listening, there is just a beautiful photo on your Instagram feed of all 27 farmers that you were yeah. able to buy from this last time. And um, it's amazing to see. So I just, um, as always, Juan, I applaud you. And uh, I know you're not one to coast, but I also know you're not one to like you can't like you mentioned plan ahead quite as much as you'd like to right now because of this this thing so is there anything like exciting going on for you that you do that you do that you are working on right now um this is definitely yes Mm -hmm. um so uh you know the bringing coffee with 20 farmers was something that i was not saying anything i was uh working Mm. like uh basically under the water or, or mm. like behind the scenes. Yeah. But it, it is something that uh, it takes time. It takes mm. um, like effort and, and investment to prepare for it. And uh, I see. And nobody teaches that and nobody tells you anything, how it works. So you have to learn from mistakes in the past that I yeah. made, you know, but I was, kind of ready to do the big jump and uh, bringing um, 
uh, it's it's 300 bags of coffee. So for a big company, um, 300 bags is nothing. Like Starbucks is probably what they spend in a day. Mm. But for a small company, 300 bags is um, uh, it's it's um it's a lot so it's a yeah it's the logistics of it right because i was just thinking gosh logistically how do i mean it's got to get from guatemala here somehow there's right it it, it can't just i'm sure there's temperatures and things like that like it has to be protected it's you're basically creating an entire supply chain right right exactly infrastructure wise yeah it's totally different. Uh, it's, it's been done before, um, but the people have, who have done it, it's they have risk a lot. They have, uh-huh. uh, you know, I yeah. respect what they've done and, and you know, bringing directly from the farm to the shop, roasted. It, yeah. it takes a lot when you are a small uh, yeah. business because the investment is, it feels like uh-huh. you are giving your whole life to it. Wow. And, uh, and, and mm. you are risking, like, I, I am, am I going to sell it or not? Mm. And then uh, you have to spend like a year selling that coffee uh, or more. It can take you two years to sell it. Mm. So you're not going to see profit in like that time. Mm-hmm. But it helps you to, uh, to understand, to learn more, more from it. And, and so you are prepared when, when you have to do it again. Mm-hmm. But like I say, I respect who, who have done it before. And of course, it's really hard to get information from them, how, how they have done it. But I, <laughs> I totally understand because I totally understand because it's it's a lot to, uh, mm-hmm. of investment and they mm-hmm. don't want to tell you like, oh, yeah, I did it like this. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't cost you anything. Right. And they mm-hmm. have spent they have invested so much in terms of time, mm-hmm. money and effort. Mm-hmm. So for your question, like, um what I are are my dreams and what are my goals and mm. something exciting well yes we are looking for um another location mm-hmm. um that uh, hopefully we can you know have as an alternative uh, yeah a backup yeah and, and kind of like use a peace of mind um and um you know getting this coffee is going to help us to provide for more customers and also provide like a unique, um, you know, experience because people will, you know, be drinking every week uh, (laughs) coffee from, from a particular farmer. And uh, that's uh, something very interesting that we are working on. Uh, Uh, We are working on also like, uh, tastings like coffee tasting yeah yes and um uh also virtual visits to the farm something like that genius yeah wow all brilliant ideas brilliant one i i love i love the way that your mind works it's so exciting (laughs) and inspiring to listen to so um can can i ask one more question and i'll take this out if i'm wrong but i did you have a baby this year? Did you guys have a baby? Yes. So um, two babies. Uh, two, what? Our, our shop. Our shop is our first. Oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> because it's our first baby who actually is the one who who um, <laughs> makes us uh, lose more sleep. Yeah. And and our <laughs> our baby daughter who's uh, three months uh, today. Um, her name is Camila and, uh, she's beautiful. And, um, 
she's her she sleeps really well so yeah oh, so. <laughs> that's well yeah. congratulations congratulations okay. on that I'm so happy for you that everything is thriving <laughs> I I know I like I said I do I I hope and pray for a very quick resolution to this whole um, yeah. location situation for you but I am 100% confident that whatever happens you will land on your feet that's not a question in my mind. I would just like it to be a little easier for you. So yeah. you could have a little extra time for Camilla. <laughs> you <Right. know>? So <laughs> Exactly. No, no. Thank you very much. Thank you for your uh, wishes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for your time. I'll um, let you know when I share this and I'll be pointing everyone also back to um, the previous episode with you where um, we just get to hear about the like this little seed of an idea that you had in your yes. mind um, and just kind of the grit and determination and courage that you showed even from just being a young child, um, an elementary yeah. age child. So, and, and how amazing your parents are as well. So, um, I would encourage yes, everyone you. to listen to that, um, episode and I can't wait to share this one. And I do thank you again for your time. Thank you so much, Juan. Of course. Thank you very much yes, thank and you for, for the interview. Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure. And congratulations on everything you've done. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Have a great, great day, Juan. Thank you. Thank you. you. Too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Juan for taking time to chat. You can tell how many demands are on his time, so I really appreciate this conversation. As always, check right there in the show notes in your player for all the ways you can connect with Juan and how you could listen right now to his original episode. Next week will be the final episode in this retrospective series, and our last mystery guest is finally holding a book launch party this summer. And this time, it will be for two books, because she just published her second one last month. Also, this guest genuinely believes the best way to keep sugar cravings at bay is to start the day with a delicious, creamy, powdery, sugary treat. It's a lifestyle she swears by. And really, why shouldn't we consider her experience? Subscribe now to tune in to another unedited, fun, and fresh, exciting conversation next week, the last one in the Summer Retrospective series. Thank you, and have a great week, my friends.